Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome to their own sports podcast. It's uh, Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018 here. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there. And uh, apologies, we didn't uh, have a Week 17 pod last week. A little hectic with the the holiday season, and the the schedule was pretty rough for uh, the Week 17 games. I think only a couple games, uh, there's maybe only two where multiple teams were actually trying to win the game. So figured it would be a good week to kind of take the week off and Get ready here for the playoffs, and we we'd, uh, didn't end up putting any bets on uh, on the website or anything either. So we just kind of scrapped week seventeen since it was almost basically like a glorified preseason in a way. Um, but back at it here, ready for the uh, wild card round. So instead of heading out to Vegas to check in with the other half of the pod, uh, he's actually right across the room from me here in old lovely uh, Mound, Minnesota. So how you doing there, Grabber? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Feels pretty good. First podcast together here. It's kind of interesting, so we'll uh, try to get it done here. Might have a little bit of technological issues. We'll hopefully get it figured out, though. And like Frank said, take a little took a little hiatus last week with uh, week seventeen, but I don't think we missed a whole lot. I think it was pretty, you know, not a whole lot to see really type of deal. And I don't really anything I really liked or leaned to. I didn't really have uh, went to really came through anyways. I think it was pretty much good. We just stayed away altogether. So I think that wasn't too bad. Yeah, we. Uh... So if there's a little bit of difference in sound quality, I, I wasn't sure if Rob was setting up a Metallica concert in here or whether we were gonna oh, <laughs> whether we were recording a podcast. So <laughs> there's arms coming off the table and his desk, and there's a couple fifty five inch TVs they set up here. So uh, hopefully it uh, you know it sounds good to all the listeners out there because I know some people uh, were telling me you know they couldn't even hardly enjoy the holidays without getting a pod from us. We had to make sure we came out with one. For for the uh, playoffs here again. Well, yeah, I was working on that that lighting. Actually, I got some some of those uh, floodlights from Amazon that are going around the room with different colors and everything. So, Alexis is up in the rafters on the controls. <laughs> That's right. Alrighty. Well, uh, even though we kind of skip week seventeen, there we'll still do a uh, just a short little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So last week, like I said we weren't weren't really involved uh, or didn't put out a pick of the week or anything like that, just because there were so few games that actually mattered. Uh, the one game that actually did matter where both teams were trying for a playoff spot, uh, you had Atlanta taking care of Carolina, and uh, Carolina still made in the playoffs, so it wasn't necessarily max motivation there. But Atlanta got the job done and uh, edged out Seattle for that final playoff spot. And, of course, the Seahawks lost outright to the Cardinals, uh, but it's about a nine-point favorite there in a must-win situation, even though um, I think by, by the time the game was played, I don't know if the uh, the uh, the Atlanta um, game already decided at that point or not? Well, they were playing at the same time, so I mean, unless the coach was following the game as the game was going, but you know, even then, it's kind of tough to coach an NFL game and watch the scoreboard uh, from a different team in a different 
stayed at the same time. I thought I heard there was a rumor that Carol didn't even make it to the game. He was at home on the sofa watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he let the, let the assistant coach go at it while he was just watching the scoreboard. Yeah, you know, he hedged with a big Carolina money line bet, so he figured either way it was going to be good. I, I think I did see with the headset on, chewing his gum, jumping up and down like he normally does around the sideline at home. Uh, and then there are some interesting shenanigans with the uh, the Rams sitting all their players and uh, ending up in the four seed there. Um, and then the Saints, of course, they lose game outright to the Bucks when they were fighting for um, a better seed too. So a lot of uh, interesting stuff. And then, of course, the AFC was kind of a, a little bit of a crapshoot there. You had the horrible Titans team and pretty bad Bills team that ended up sneaking in over the Ravens that blew their game to the Bengals. And then... Uh, Chargers, who, and even though they won 30 to 10 against the Raiders, they did a bunch of tiebreakers. Didn't quite make it, so um, that's kind of unfortunate because I think the playoffs would have been a lot better with the Ravens and the Chargers and over the Titans and the Bills, but that's not the way the tiebreakers went there with the four teams at 9 and 7. So, anyway, um, well, I think that's a pretty solid recap there. Um, but yeah, let's first uh, go back and check and see if there's any numbers that came into play last week. Getting the best of the number. Alrighty, so um, even though, like I said, we weren't uh, heavily involved from a monetary standpoint at all, uh, were there any games where the numbers came into play? Yeah, I got one marked down for Week 17 uh, that I have on my list here. This Chicago-Minnesota game. Game opened 11.5 and, and closed to 13 in most shops pretty much across the board. So that uh, the game landed right on 23-10 to 10 was the final score, and that, of course, is 13 points there. So if you could have got the Vikings before it closed, could have got a winner on that side, otherwise a push if you would have got the underdog before kickoff there. So, And according to my numbers, I didn't get any other ones, but I, maybe I missed one there quick, like you said, kind of uh, going crazy with the holidays and stuff, so a little bit of uh, taking a step back after week 17. But unlikewise, there's been been a few pretty big moves last week too as well, just with uh, some information that, come out, that comes out and everything else. So something to keep an eye on for week 17 and just another reason why you know, if you did your homework, you definitely can make make some money, and there's some value out there. But it's kind of a crapshoot, and kind of like a preseason, like you kind of mentioned. Yeah, so suppose one other thing we could say this just kind of falls back into the recap. But um, since there's only four games this week, we might as well talk a little bit about it. Um, but the coaching changes, there's already been a handful of, of firings here. Um, I know Caldwell just got fired from the Lions. Uh, it was earlier today or last night. Then you had uh, John Fox, of course, with the Bears. Um, he, he's got fired recently and then, uh, looks like Pagano is out with the Colts and who else we got here? Um, <laughs> your boy, uh, Hugh Jackson's still got his job with the Browns and, you know, one in 31 is definitely a good enough to keep your job there. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive last few seasons though for him. Yeah. And somehow I, I, I saw one of those Undertaker coming back from the dead, uh, memes. <laughs> In reference to Marvin Lewis, I guess he's he's still in with Cincinnati now. That's yeah, that's kind of crazy. I thought he was kind of out the door already. Yeah, no, that's what there were reports before that Vikings game that he was out for sure, and that's kind of part of the reason they had such a bad effort. But looks like he's uh, survived. He, he can't canker at him. But then, of course, Del Rio's out with the Raiders, and now there's talks about Gruden coming in and taking that job over. And I heard there were some rumblings that uh, Malarkey might be out with the Titans if they don't win, even though they did make the playoffs. Um, keep... Super Super Bowl or bust with him or what? <laughs> well, yeah, that's right with the, that roster with those high expectations. Um, then of course Arians is retiring with the Cardinals. Uh, I know Palmer just retired today too, so they'll have a new coach quarterback combo uh, coming in the next year. And I think that's it. I don't know. I, I, I'd be kind of surprised if Cutter comes back with Tampa Bay, but I heard this other's report that 
he they're feeling he might be safe. So um, that'd be kind of surprising to me. But uh, other than that, I think those are the only coaching changes. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a couple more to come. It'll be interesting to see who some of these teams hire. But anyway, all right, well, that'll recap, uh, you know, the last weekend from the, the numbers and from a coaching standpoint and from the little playoff scenarios. So now let's head into the wild card week here. And uh, the first game we got up is the Tennessee-Kansas City game. Not uh, not the sexiest game, uh, <laughs> to say the least, but that's usually what you get with that uh, early Saturday game. It's usually a couple of garbage AFC teams. It's kind of weird not having the Bengals and the, the Texans in this spot, which uh, seems like they normally end up. But yeah. anyway, we got uh, Kansas City. It looks like they're about eight, eight nine-point favorites with some teaser protection at home with a total of 44.5. Yep, my, my power rating here, Kansas City minus seven. Westgate opened this game, Kansas City eight. And I don't know. I don't really – it's kind of a deal where t- Kansas City, for a while there in the middle of the season, they were – basically about as low a valley as you could have got on them after a big 6-0 start, and then they kind of had a little bit of a downhill ride there for a while in the middle and then kind of came back up winning the last four games, I think, and, and covering the spread the last four games as well, I believe. So um, it kind of a team that's got their ups and downs, the biggest roller coaster and about the definition of a roller coaster for the season. So uh, I don't know, but like just with this game, it seems like the number's pretty much where it should be. I think maybe a tad too high, just judging up my power rating, I think, Anything over seven, I have to look towards Tennessee. But that team, I don't know. They basically had everything on the line last week against Jacksonville. And yeah, granted, Jacksonville was trying. They weren't resting players or anything, and they just barely snuck it out. But it's just a game where, or a team, I should say, that I really don't have a whole lot of faith in right now. And a quarterback, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in. So it's kind of tough to take it uh, with with that, even getting the points. But I mean, that'd be the way I'd look. But uh, this Kansas City team, I think, is kind of rolling, and I don't know if I want to get in the way with that. So. In total, I think maybe a tad high. Uh, I think it should be more at 44, and it looks like it's been coming down a little bit, but I don't really have much of an opinion on the total either. So not really a game I'm too interested uh, to betting, but might might be a little bit of an interesting to watch. Yeah, I don't know what I really want. Um, you know, less here, back in Tennessee, which we've basically called it been a fraud all year and pretty early on in the year. Uh, even when some people are giving them credit for a pretty decent record early on, we you know watch pretty much every game all year and say, oh, this, this team's just not any good. Uh, they've had a pretty easy schedule, and even with that, they've snuck out a couple, a couple pretty um, lucky wins. So, uh, but that being said, the, I mean the numbers definitely reflected here, where you're laying over a touchdown with Kansas City. That uh, you know they've been rolling the last couple weeks, and their offense has kind of got back on track after Andy Reid uh, delegated the play calling duties. But uh, still, I don't trust Alex Smith. I don't really trust Andy Reid in a playoff game where he's a decided favorite, um, and just to cover this kind of number, and I'm, I'm very rarely going to lay this kind of points, almost regardless of the situation here in the playoffs. So, as much as I don't like Tennessee and don't have a whole lot of interest in backing them, um, I also don't really have a whole lot of interest in Kansas City. And even from a totals perspective, I just don't really trust uh, either of these teams really um, almost across the board. So, for me, it's a pretty easy uh, stay away, and you know, I'll, I'll probably end up having the game on just because it's only one of the four playoff games going this week. and. Maybe there's something you can pick up for the uh, division round, but in terms of getting involved from a, from a betting perspective, uh, not a whole lot of interest in this one. So uh, at least the night game here on Saturday is going to be a little bit better, hopefully. Uh, we got Atlanta heading to the Rams, and it looks like the Rams are about a six and a half point favorite with a total of 48 and a half, 49. Yeah, my power rating here, the Rams minus five, and the Westgate open here, the Rams minus six, and 
a little bit of Rams money early, pushing up to six and a half at a lot of shops, and I'm kind of surprised by that. Actually, I like the, the Atlanta side here, uh, a decent amount at least. I, I know the Rams are definitely something to They've been impressive, and I've liked them the last part of the year specifically. I think a lot of people have, obviously, just with Goff and the coaching changes and all that stuff and just the whole offense, I guess, actually. But uh, defense playing okay, above, above average probably. But it just seems like Atlanta's, they've been in the spot. They've kind of been under the radar almost as much as you can for being a, in the Super Bowl last year, I think. Uh, they've done a pretty good job, and I think they're kind of getting better each week, it seems like. I know that even last week with the, their defense – played a lot better than, than they have in the years past or last year specifically. But I think uh, this just getting the points here is just you have to look at the Atlanta side, and I don't think it's going to get to seven. So I think if six and a half is probably just a buy sign, and I'm going to have six and a half in my pocket, and I don't know if I'll release as a play or not. But uh, I, I would like to get a seven. I still think it's going to happen. But I think uh, for sure anything above six is a, is a play in Atlanta here and getting the points. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree. Um, I've – I really haven't been a, a huge fan of Atlanta. Um, you know, there's you talk about the you know Super Bowl hangover for the losing team, how that's historically been a pretty bad spot for teams. And I thought Atlanta might be a little bit overvalued for, uh, you know, at least the first half of the year. And, and I thought they, they kind of were. I, I was going against them more so than on them. But uh, the this Rams train's really kind of, uh, you know, taken off in the last couple a couple months here, and uh, the fact that it's almost almost up to a full touchdown is kind of crazy to me. Because I mean, the Rams they've they they dominate bad teams, and they've basically hung pretty tight with most good teams, especially at home. Uh, you know, they they won. I'm pretty sure it's a single digit game against the uh, Saints a few weeks back, and then they barely beat the or they I mean they barely lost to the uh, the Eagles. Uh, the week after, and then they lost on the last second play to the Seahawks uh, at home earlier this year too. So, you know, they did go on the road and, and blew out Seattle in Seattle and got blown out by Minnesota in Minnesota. So, um, I, I don't know. I think they're a pretty good team and they have a lot of talent. I think they'd be scary to play in the playoffs. But also, it just seems like the price is maybe maybe a little steep here. And, um, you know, you got the more seasoned quarterback and uh, coach. Even though I'm a big fan of McVay, it is his first rodeo here. And, um, it just seems kind of like there's a little bit of value on, on Atlanta and I could see, you know, even, even I could, I could see the Rams winning the game, but you know, even a last second field goal type game, um, obviously the points are going to be huge in that. So, uh, I, I kind of agree with you on this one. I think I'd lean to Atlanta and not the most confident biggest bet I'm ever going to make, but, uh, I think it's worthy of a, you know, a little nibble here. Um, on to the Sunday games. Uh, first one, the early game we have. Uh, Buffalo heading to Jacksonville, and pretty crazy to think that Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars are laying eight and some nines with teaser protection lines, uh, total of 39.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Jacksonville minus 7.5, the Westgate open, Jacksonville 7.5 as well, and yeah, exactly, I agree with you on that one. It's uh, pretty crazy, but it's hard to really hard to argue with it. I mean, Bortles is about as hard as it is to lay points more than a touchdown specifically in, in a playoff game that means so much specifically as well so i don't know it's a really tough game for me i think this one's just an absolute stay away i don't know how you bet either side really i mean if i if i was forced to i'm gonna take buffalo on the points just because i don't know which way to look but and it seems like it's a little bit inflated but at the same time i really don't want much of buffalo right now tyrod taylor i, just, I really don't want much of the, the, the team altogether so and then I don't, likewise on the other token the client really want portals either like i already mentioned so 
you really can't trust him. It's pretty tough when uh, in a playoff game like that to have a quarterback that you really don't have much faith in. So, Toll's been getting played down a little bit, uh, which pretty much every game for Jacksonville seems like it's been getting played down this year, obviously because of that defense. So, uh, but, but at this point, it's I, I didn't love it by any means. It, when it first opened, a little bit higher in the low 40s, but even now, I'm definitely not going to play it, and I, I don't want to play it over either. So, I think all, all in all, it's just a definition of a pretty much a stay away for me, side end total altogether. I really can't look either way. Yeah, I echo a lot of my thoughts from the Tennessee-Kansas City game. Obviously, it's somewhere price range here. Uh, I think Buffalo is probably a little bit better than Tennessee, but they're still not a team that I trust, and if they get down early, they're one of those teams that throughout the year just kind of seems to keep running the ball and plotting away and never really taking many shots and you know, basically making losses look respectable. So <laughs> you'd think that if they got down in a playoff game, they at least you know, could try to come back and give it an honest effort and you know, more than likely, I'd probably go poorly if that if that were the case. So, uh, it'd be, I, I would have if I was forced to, like you, I'd take the points. But I could definitely envision a scenario fairly easily where Kansas City jumps out early. I mean, uh, Jacksonville jumps out early uh, with you know defensive score. Or Bortles puts one up, and and then you got the Buffalo trying to come back against that Jacksonville defense, and you're sitting there banging your head against the wall all game. So, um, yeah, no, no interest there. But I also, you know, could very easily see a spot where Bortles throws a pick six or turns it over, just has a horrible for most quarterbacks or a fairly average Blake Bortles game for him. And if that's the case, you get bad Bortles covering more than a touchdowns, going to be a tall order too. So oh, bad Bortles, yeah. So uh, I don't know. You know, I who knows if you're going to get Bortles service or not. But I'd say it's <laughs> oh, more, more than likely not New Year's pass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. Just not 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 a whole lot of interest here either way either. So. Uh, anyway, uh, hopefully, hopefully one of these two AFC games is at least entertaining, if not both of them, because when they're pretty much unbettable like this, in my eyes, it would be crazy. Like uh, you said earlier in the pod, but if we had Baltimore and the Chargers in here, this would be actually two pretty good games. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Chargers, Chargers, Jacksonville rematch would be pretty, pretty interesting after that crazy finish they had, you know, the mid mid season. There it would be pretty awesome, and even uh, even if you had Baltimore KC, be like the weakest game of the four here. You know, that's at least respectable, but these, these AFC matchups are just downright pitiful, so pretty disappointing, but uh, what are you going to do? It kind of sucks when they only have four games here, uh, and you're doing a pod, and you basically don't have, like, any opinion on at least, you know, half the games at minimum, but, you know, it is what it is. You can't force bets. Uh, that's where you start getting in trouble, and well, you know, it's, easy, it's easy to just stay away and, and try to, uh, you know, find some value on the next one or the next week or, you know, even the next season if there's no opportunities there. So the last game, uh, Sunday afternoon game, we have uh, Panthers heading to the Saints, and it looks like the Saints are about six and a half point favorites at home with a total of forty-eight and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: New Orleans minus six and a half. Uh, Westgate open New Orleans minus six and a half. So <laughs> go along with the rest of the games here. It's not a whole big difference in my power rating and the, the opener or what's that now. So it's kind of hard to find a whole lot here. Uh, with that being said, I would lean to New Orleans here. I, I've been pretty low on Carolina almost all year, or at least the last part of the second part of the season. And I, New Orleans, I know, has got they're kind of pretty well rounded on offense. Uh, obviously, it's a pretty big deal this year. They've got a big, big running game, both the running backs that they got, and then Breeze hasn't been able, to, hasn't thrown the ball as much as he has in years past, which has been a, a positive for him. But you know, obviously, that's priced into the equation here, and. High total. That's that's being said. But I just Carolina. I don't know. I think seem like they're very one dimensional. I mean, if Car- if Can's playing good, it feels like Carolina's gonna have a big game and they can pretty much hang with anybody for the most part. But 
he's not playing good, they haven't had really – I think he's the leading rusher on the team. I think I've heard that a few, a few different people say that. So it's like, yeah, if he can't get it going or he's has a bad day or whatever, I mean, you're kind of putting all your eggs into one basket there. So um, it just seems like New Orleans uh, would be the way I'd lean, but I was just obviously you're paying for it with its high point spread, so it's just kind of hard to – to do it, but yeah, anything less than a touchdown, I'd have to lean New Orleans. But uh, other than that, I really don't have a lot of opinion on this game either. Yeah, this is one of the, those uh, you know third time playing each other in a, in a year since they're both NFC South teams. And uh, you know, New York, New Orleans were on the road earlier in the year and won by twenty one at Carolina, and then a few weeks back they took care of Carolina at home by ten. So um, I, I don't know. It's, it is basically, I think it comes down to just whether you get good cam or bad cam, and it's amazing how. He can be pretty up or down, uh, you know, based on the the day, and it it is. I think he's the type of guy where if he's running and basically putting his body on the line, um, I think there is times during the regular season where he doesn't do that as much as he probably would in the playoffs here, where you know he wants where you got to put it all on the line and every game could be your last. So I, I kind of lean uh, to Carolina and just kind of hope for a good cam game, and if if you do get one where he's pulling out all the stops. Uh, and it just, just seems like it is kind of hard to beat the team three times in the same year uh, without them making any kind of adjustments. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'd, I lean to Carolina, but I definitely don't feel super confident about it. And, of course, New Orleans does have a really good home field there uh, at home. So it's it's going to be hard if Breeze is putting up points to for you know Cam and company to match them. So I wouldn't be surprised either way, but if you force me to make a pick on the game, I guess I'd probably slightly lean Carolina. So uh, anyway, that'll uh, that wraps up the... Uh, wild card weekend here so even though there's not a whole lot of options and you've seen uh you know, you've heard how weak our opinions here are for the most part i guess uh we'll still give a pick of the week here and keep it rolling since we ended up uh overall having a winning winning year between the two of us so let's uh get our picks of the weekend the as pick of the week all right so since we didn't do one last week uh well the last one we did was for week 16 and I took Seattle against Dallas, and and plus five, and they ended up winning outright, so that was a winner. And then Rob took the Titans plus six and a half uh, against the Rams, and they took they didn't win the game outright, but they ended up covering and took care of business for them. So that gets me to nine six and one on the year. Uh, so that struggled there for a little bit during the middle, but ended up coming out with a winning record. And then Rob, who was just atrocious at one point in the year. I don't remember what it was, like one and eight or something like that. He got all the way back up to seven and nine. So, so not a winning campaign for the picks of the week for him, but uh, quite a bit closer than it looked uh, at one point in the year. So, unfortunately for him, though, I still have the T box and uh, you get at it. And there you go. <laughs> I think it's all it's, yours, Frankie. I think it's pretty clear where I'm going to head with this one, uh, since this is basically our biggest opinion between the both of us. I think I'm going to take the uh, the Falcons on the road there, <laughs> taking the six and a half. And I'll uh, leave it up to you, and uh, here, where, where are you looking there, Crab? Yeah, well, that's exactly where I was going, so no surprise there. Take my pick, you, uh, SOB. But <laughs> I don't really want to play the same pick. That wouldn't be a whole lot of fun. So, you know what? Um, it's It gets pretty pretty tough, that's for, that's for sure. I think, uh, I think what I'm going to do is I really don't like a lot of sides. I think I'm just going to stretch a little bit. Uh, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the total on that uh, Carolina New Orleans. I'm gonna play it under. Uh, you know, it's a divisional game. They know each other pretty well. I know that what's what's forty eight and a half look like. Maybe is probably prevailing. Yep. Uh, forty eight, forty eight and a half. So yeah, we'll do. I think forty eight and a half is fair. So 
I'll take uh, the under 48.5 Carolina-New Orleans for my uh, pick of the week. All right. Well, that'll do her for the uh, divisional round of the Rome Sports Pod. So we'll be back next week for the divisional round. And, of course, got the – I mean the wild uh, – Oh, they'll do it for the wild card round. <laughs> That's a divisional round. We'll be back for the divisional <laughs> round. <laughs> I liked it so much I wanted to run it back. No. Uh, so, yeah, they'll do it for the wild card pod. And uh, we'll be back for the divisional round next week. And that'll be the, the hometown Vikes will be in play. So it'll be fun to discuss that a little bit and, and cheer for them. And uh, that'll, anyway, that'll do it. So hopefully everyone uh, had a good holiday season. And again, sorry for being off last week, but we really didn't miss much, whether it be the games or from a betting standpoint. So hopefully we'll have a good playoffs here and it'll be entertaining, uh, even for the games where there isn't a whole lot of opinions from us. And we'll be back next week. So good luck, everybody. And we'll, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.